And welcome back to the Amban. I'm Matt Ferreira. And I'm Ezra. And today we're going to start off with just a little bit of remembrance. Recently, uh, former MLB star Jeremy Giambi passed away. And just we'll talk about him real quick. And, you know, six years in the league, played for four organizations, most notably with the athletics with his brother, Jason. And it's really sad to see somebody so young pass so soon. He was only 47. And it's it's always it always hits the baseball community hard when a former star who is I would argue pretty memorable. I know that being able to play in the major leagues, much less play with your brother in the major leagues on the same team, it's pretty difficult. And he was able to do that. And unfortunately, seeing him pass away, obviously very sad. And the cause of was, uh, it was suicide. And we just wanted to reach out, start the episode with everybody listening that if you are feeling, if you have depression, anxiety, or any other form of stress, anything, just reach out, talk to somebody, and just keep your own mental health in your own mind. So on that note, I just wanted to talk and get that out so we can move on to the next part, much less somber note of the pod, and that would be the subject of every pod recently, and that's the lockout. Now, I know there's a lot of things going on with it. Rob Manfred just recently had a press conference to discuss the possible changes to the new CBA, how things are looking. He talked about changing the draft process to the draft lottery rather than just the normal way that we've been doing it for a while, which is going to de-incentivize tanking. So my Orioles, please do something, try and win. Um, Pay someone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that was one of the changes. Another big change was the implementation of the universal DH. Now, I know I've been talking a lot, so Matt, I'll give it over to you. How do you feel about this universal DH idea? Uh, As a baseball fan, I think this should have happened a while ago. It creates more jobs in the league and helps save pitchers and creates less injuries for them. Gets the best product on the field with less unproductive outs with pitchers hitting. As a Red Sox fan, I dislike it because now Kyle Schwarber might go to the NL um, and other potential targets that we could have had. But, you know, people come and go. So it's just something I have to get over. But just it'll be interesting to see how many free agents have been waiting for this. So how many could sign in the NL as a DH now and how many trades will happen. Like I know the Red Sox have been rumored to be opening to trading J.D. Martinez to see if he could go to an, a potential NL team now. would be interesting. Yeah, I'm with you. Same thing. I think that it'll be good. I think it's a little long overdue, but as a purist, at least a self-proclaimed purist myself, I kind of liked having the division between the leagues actually have a change. But I think for watching purposes and for entertainment purposes, this is probably the best move that the MLB could have done. Now, with the other parts of the press conference, Manfred mentioned, said that uh, he considers the possibility of missing games disastrous in his words. He said he's an optimist and he thinks that it's going to start on time. And at this point, we would be starting spring training in a week or two, and we have no word on anywhere 
on, on anything close to the new CBA. So I think he's just talking out of his butt right now. I think that he needs to be a realist and tell us what's actually going on rather than using the fans as leverage. And just, it's not exactly what anybody was expecting. I think a lot of us were expecting him to resign with the news, with the news of his press conference, but there's just a lot going on. I mean, even players are taking to Twitter. I know that Trevor May put out a, put out a tweet saying that not a single negotiation that includes Manfred is going to be in good faith because he doesn't do quote good faith things. Matt, I know your guy, Marcus Stroman, uh, put out a tweet in response to Sports Illustrated saying that it appears more likely than ever that we will miss a few games at the beginning of the season. Stroman called Manfred the man clown and said that they need to figure things out and stop ruining the game of baseball. So there's a lot going on there. And on that same note, another big thing in the MLB right now is the deal with the sport the sports drug agreement has expired after 20 years weirdly enough during another lockout it happened in 1994 and now it's going to happen again and drug testing will stop for peds at least for the time being now matt what do you think uh, how do you feel this is gonna really affect the league yeah, first I'd like to backtrack just a little bit talking about Manfred, and he said how games would be disastrous if they missed any. Recording right now, it would be 13 days until the first games um, and 14 games until the first MLB on MLB action with the first games being Red Sox versus Northeastern and Minnesota Twins versus the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But – and I just don't think it's going to happen, especially with what players have been saying, how the MLB doesn't feel that they're trying to get anything done and they're not budging at all, that I don't think they're just going to flip sides so quickly and just try and get spring training games back that may be less important. Um, and with the PED testing, I don't think you're going to see as big as a like a Bonds, McGuire, Sosa season as we've seen in the past. But I think that there will be some guys like Noah Syndergaard, like not saying that he would, but like as an example, someone who's been coming back from injury could possibly take PEDs to come back faster and be ready for spring training and for the season when it starts. Yeah, that was my biggest thought. I obviously, again, not going to call out people, but you mentioned Syndergaard and Angel. So even guys like, Mike Trout even just to fast track that recovery time and to just hop back in. I know that people speculated in the NFL years ago when Ray Lewis tore both of his biceps and he came back just a few months later, there's, I could see a few things like that going on in the MLB this season with the lack of a drug testing agreement. Now on a completely different note, Matt, I know you know a lot more about this than I do. So I'll give you the reins for this next part. Yeah. So the NHL announced that the 2023 winter classic will be held in Fenway park. This is the second time that uh, Fenway will be frozen over for NHL game. The last time being in 2010, when the Bruins played the flyers and it ended up in a two to one overtime win. It hasn't announced the um, opponent, or anything like of the sort but 
it's just going to be interesting to see the Bruins back at Fenway. What will be interesting to see is who the opponent will be, especially with Fenway Sports Group has just the team that owns the Red Sox just recently bought out the Penguins. So could it be possibly a home game for the Penguins, considering that they technically own the stadium would be something funny to pay attention to and just a little bit of out of the box baseball news. Yeah. And as a baseball fan and not really a hockey fan, it's really fun for me to see the combination of the two sports. I know that most of the games that I actually watch in hockey are either Stanley Cup playoff games or the winter classics in these stadiums. I know there was one in Target Field recently. Last year. Last year. It was a huge game, big scoring game. And it's just really interesting for me to see the combination there. The new jerseys that they come out with each year always catch my eye, and I love seeing them posted all over social media. And to your point about the Penguins being owned by Fenway Sports Group, it would be cool. I think it would be really cool to see that. And just from the outside perspective, I think that it's great for hockey. And I also think it's great for baseball because it gets, it combines those fan bases and puts them in both a baseball and hockey environment, which I think is really important for the outlook of both of the sports. Yeah. Winter classics, definitely one of, I'm a hockey fan. So it's one of my favorite events to watch throughout the year. It's usually on new year's day. So it'll be interesting to see how family is going to be put to good use. All righty. And for our, Intro after our intro today, we actually have our second guest in Rory Tedemer. Rory, tell us a little about yourself. What's going on? I'm uh, proud to be here. Uh, senior on the Emerson Lions baseball team, which I'm sure you guys know a lot about. And uh, yeah, I've been uh, brought in for my uh, Phillies expertise. So big time Philly sports fan, uh, all Philly sports, but definitely Philadelphia Phillies. And uh, don't forget, winner of the downtown brick of this past fall season, captain of the black team. So congratulations are due for that, Roar. Now, Matt, I know you're, we're going to start off with your questions here for this little little interview section. So why don't you start off? Yeah, Roar, you, said, you just said you were a huge Philly fan, all, all around sports, and you were born and raised in Mass. So what, what makes you a huge Philly fan? Good question. You know, it's one that I get a lot. Um, my dad was born outside of Philadelphia. So uh, that's where it all grew. He was born in Norristown, uh, PA. And, uh, you know, he he and his father and his brother have always been big uh, Philly fans, big uh, Eagles fans. They were big Flyers fans. They've never really been uh, Sixers fans, but uh, obviously it goes with all Philly sports. But uh, my dad, for sure. Yeah, so do we break up a little? Do we no, you're, up? Good. you're all good, Roar. Yeah, my dad for sure is a big time Phillies fan. Uh, he loves baseball, so uh, you know that kind of just grew in. And then uh, obviously I'm playing baseball, so Phillies definitely. Uh, just coming from my dad's connection. Yeah, and uh, going back to your mass connections here with Emerson, what has been the greatest moment for you as a college athlete here at Emerson College? You guys already mentioned, I don't know if there was anything better than winning that brick, uh, <laughs> but you know, getting, getting your first hits a pretty big uh, fun moment. Uh, my dad there to watch it and film it. Um, hmm. Having uh, in sophomore season before COVID uh, hit, there was a fun moment pitching where I struck out uh, 
the shook out this guy with the bases loaded and I got super hyped. So that was a fun video that I have. But uh, yeah, I'd say probably winning the brick was one of the uh, biggest things, especially because it was the first brick. And it was, I also took down the captain to end the game. So that was, that was, that was a really good moment. Two-way roar. Uh, you, I know as a sports fan and all sports fans do, we all meet our favorite athletes. Who is the favorite, your favorite athlete you've ever met across all sports? I've ever met. Uh, well, it's pretty good that I met Bryce Harper. So uh, I'm going to have to say Bryce Harper for sure. I saw him outside of Fenway, actually. Um, saw him and Vince Velasquez, rest in peace, no longer a Philly. Might not even be in Major League Baseball anymore. But uh, yeah, saw Bryce Harper. Pretty cool moment. I uh, didn't get a flick with him. I got a flick with JT Real Muto. Uh, but yeah, seeing Harper and uh, saying hello to him was pretty cool. So, and obviously, He's a big, uh, big Philly guy and a great player. So it's probably got to be the best one. Yeah, I mean, a, a former MVP, the reigning MVP, is a pretty good uh, person to meet. Now, last question I've got here for you, Roar, is that if you could have an actor play you in a movie about your life, who would that actor be? Whew. Jesus. Movie about my life. Mm. Does it got to look like me? It can be any actor you want. Just an actor. All righty. Well, uh, my life's been full of uh, fun, exciting stuff. Uh, a lot of humor goes into me. So um, I'm going to have to say Jim Carrey. He's one of my favorite actors. I think, uh, I think he'd do a very good roar impression. I'd be, I, I'd be pretty excited to see that movie for sure. Now, moving, moving right into the big thing that, well, the second biggest thing I would say that we've got you here for is we've got a movie character, big, big old snake draft here. We're going to go through the nine positions of baseball, of course. And Roar, considering you are our guest, we're going to give you the first pick in the 2022 Armbarn movie character draft. So who do you want and at what position? I know I've spent a long time thinking about this. I didn't, uh, I was kind of like trying to figure out who to pick. I wanted to stay away from like a lot of superheroes. Like I feel like that just makes your team OP. Didn't want to get too many baseball movie players. I was kind of really trying to think outside the box, but uh, I am going to have to start us off with, um, I don't know if he'd be like a regular first pick, but the guy does it all. Uh, And in center field, I'm going to have Henry Cavill's Superman. I think that's a great arm, great speed out there, and I know he's gonna crush the ball. So that's that's gonna be my number one overall pick. It's a great pick. So for those listening, me and Ezra actually did an off-air rock paper scissors to decide who got second and third pick, and Ezra won and won the back-to-back. So he will have the third. But with the second pick, Ezra knows who I'm taking already, and it's my favorite anything of all time, and it's Bugs Bunny, and he's going to be my pitcher. Just feel like that cartoon arm, rubber arm. He's gonna he's gonna last me some innings. Feel like he could throw some gas out there and spot us up. So I'm gonna have to go with Bugs Bunny. Yeah, Bugs Bunny. I already had him written down on the sheet. I knew you were gonna take him first. I just didn't know what position. But going over to me, I'm also gonna stick with the idea of taking my pitcher, and I'm gonna stick with the baseball movies. I don't really care, and I'm not going with Wild Thing. I'm going with Henry Rowan Gardner. 
from the rookie of the year. Speaking of rubber arms, literally a rubber arm throws absolute gas. So it was easy for me to put him in as my pitcher. And I'm making sure that I solidify that a spot. And now I'm actually going to complete the battery right here. And I'm going to take my catcher with my next pick too. And with that, I'm taking the ape. I'm taking King Kong as my catcher. He's, he's going to hit some tanks. It's a big strike zone. So we'll see how well he can cover it. But I think that defensively, I don't think a ball's getting past him. So that's why I got to take King Kong as my catcher. Now, for me, I promise I won't stick with cartoons the whole time. But for my center fielder, I'm going to have to go with Sonic the Hedgehog. Guy's just going to cover ground out there. He's going to swipe me some bags. Got to have him out in center field. That is a great one. That's a really good one. I wasn't thinking Sonic the Hedgehog. I love Sonic. Um, all right, my shortstop for my second pick. Uh, I'm going, just mention him, Jim Carrey, except I'm going Jim Carrey's version of The Mask. And uh, I know he's very zany, very quirky. Uh, he's got a rocket of an arm over there at shortstop, speedy too. Uh, I'm sure he can do some do some great works on the baseball field. So I'm going to take the mask, Jim Carrey, for my shortstop. And then I get another pick? Yeah, back-to-back, back, baby. All righty, well, we're going to throw up on the left side. Uh, we're having the mask, and on 3B, the hot corner, I'm taking Adam Sandler's You Don't Mess With the Zohan, uh, who's also just an, an athletic freak over there, uh, who I'm sure – He's good at everything. And have you ever seen him throw a fish into someone's butt crack? I know he could throw it over, uh, throw it over the side, <laughs> get it over the first day, So that uh, might be the best pick of the draft, Roar. Absolute steal of the third round. Zohan at third base. I'm not going to lie. I should have thought of that, but it just never crossed my mind. And that is, I was thinking even Happy Gilmore, but Zohan, just cream of the crop over there at the hot corner. For, I'm going to take my left fielder and I'm going to get a power bat in here and I'm taking Mufasa from the Lion King. I feel like he's got some speed to him. Definitely going to be a power bat out in left field. I feel like it's a good pick. Yeah. I mean, Mufasa, he's definitely got some speed. The range is going to be great out there. I will say I'm not totally sure how well he'll be able to field the bat, but definitely worth a try to see what'll happen. Now, for me, my third pick, I'm going to stick in the outfield like you did, Matt, and I'm going to go with the greatest outfielder in Dodgers history, and that's Benny the Jet Rodriguez is going to play my center field because how could you have a movie character draft without Benny the Jet? So swiping home for me in that big eight position, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, and I'm going to stick in my outfield actually for my next pick. And I'm going to go to the Matrix with Neo. He's going to be my right fielder because I don't think anybody is quite as good. As, if you can dodge bullets, you can definitely catch, a, definitely catch a baseball. And I think that with that with that power that he has in his brain, he'll also be able to hit it. So Neo is going to put, be put in my, my right field slot. Definitely some good picks there. Um, this one, I didn't even know what position he was going to play until right now. And I just thought about it really deeply. And my first baseman, it's going to be Darth Vader. Uh, not only does he have some experience swinging around a bat by, by swinging a lightsaber, 
but he's also going to use the force to get some picks over there at first base and suction those balls up. That's perfect. Uh, similar to uh, some suction over here, uh, I'm actually going to go green lantern for my first base. Uh, doesn't really have to do anything. You just flash the ring over there. You can get any ball anywhere. Uh, and then also hitting. I know he can construct as big a bat as he wants. So uh, he's going to hit some dongs and it's going to be pretty easy for him. And uh, you guys want pitchers early. I, and I think I, I think I got a pretty good pitcher coming up. And it's actually Buddy the Elf, uh, who I know is a really good uh, snowball guy. Uh, extremely accurate if you ever seen him throw one of those. And I know he's going to throw some darts down the plate. Uh, so I'm excited for Buddy the Elf to uh, be my ace. War is filled with steals this draft. I can't believe I didn't even have him on my, like, my board. Ooh. All right. Well, for me, I think next I'm going to take my shortstop, and it's going to be the Joker. I feel like he's an athletic guy, got some good IQ over there, pretty smart guy. I feel like uh, he's just going to be running my infield. Yeah, the Joker was definitely a guy that I was thinking of, but you took him, so I don't really have to worry about him anymore. And with my next pick, I'm actually going to just finish off the outfield and left field, and I'm taking Dash from the Incredibles because that speed is uncanny. Obviously, it's unreal, literally. So he's definitely going to be the last part of my outfield. And now into my next spot. Both of you have taken your shortstops, so I might as well follow the trend. And I am taking Legolas as my shortstop. He's very good on his feet, very nimble, very strong, and it just makes it all the more important to have that at my shortstop spot. Oh, running out of people here now. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my right fielder is a guy that will definitely, once again, have lots of range. And that's Forrest Gump. Guy can absolutely run, run Forrest Run, and he's going to be have insane range in right field right next to Sonic. That should be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I decided who I want to pick first here. I'm trying to make sure they'd be justified. But I think I'm going to go – to be, I'm going to do my favorite Looney Tune character, uh, Tasmanian Devil over at second base. Uh, doesn't even really have to use his hands. I mean, he just whips that tornado out when spinning double plays, and that thing's going right over to first. So Tasmanian Devil spinning plays with uh, the mask should be very interesting uh, up the middle. And then my left fielder, I'm going to get a little bit of a veteran leadership here in Buzz Lightyear. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm not going to do the toy buzz light year. I'm going to give Chris Evans buzz light year. Uh, we haven't even seen it out on, uh, theaters yet, but it is coming. And, uh, I, I know he's going to be electric and hopefully he can actually fly. So I'm kind of, kind of taking a wing there, but, uh, the toy was made off of this guy. So hopefully he actually has wings that will fly. So, uh, yeah, left fielder buzz light year. Going out a big limb there, hoping he can fly. Yeah, sometimes you got to take risks. <laughs> no, you got to take risks to get that reward. Um, for me, I'm going to go with my catcher. And it's a, also I'm going with an IQ play here. I feel like he's really smart. He's going to be able to run that, uh, run the team, make some good calls. My catcher is going to be Kevin McAllister. 
That is a heck of a backstop there, Matt. Um, I don't know how big he's going to be, but the IQ is definitely there. Might lack some athletic ability, but IQ 100% there. It's definitely there. Now, with my seventh pick here, I've got three positions, and they're all on the infield that I can pick from. So I'm going to go with my second baseman as well, just like Roar did in the last round. And I'm going to take Raphael from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm thinking of him more of like a Marcus Simeon type because he's going to be very quick on his feet, very good in the field, but he's going to hit some bombs for sure. Now, I'm going to finish the double play here with my first baseman, and I'm going to take Russell Crowe's character, Maximus, from Gladiator because... He can he can definitely pack a punch, and I think that he'll he'll be good enough at the first base spot fielding. But he's gonna hit, and he's gonna hit for power. My I want to go with I'm gonna go second baseman, so he's gonna be up the middle turning double plays with the Joker, and it's gonna be uh yeah it's gonna be Nemo. I mean uh, just an all around morale guy. I don't know how much he's going to do flopping around <laughs> out there, but all-around morale guy. I think I think he's going to be pretty good morale for the team. Matt, you've got a lot of animals on your team. Like, literally. I don't mean this figuratively. <laughs> you have two animals on your team. So. Welcome to the jungle, baby. <laughs> One's a fish. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Now, Roar, you get your last two picks here to finish up your lineup. Now, where are you going? My final two, uh, going to be exciting for these two. Um, I always thought my right fielder, a uh, little underrated, a little underappreciated, but no less uh, historic. Uh, it's coming from the Sandlot number two, David the Rocket Durango. And uh, I always thought he kind of looked like me, blonde hair, good looking dude. Uh, <laughs> he's got a rocket with an arm, he's fast. And uh, he pulls a pretty good looking shorty at the end, so... Uh, I'm going David the Rocket Durango as my right fielder. And then uh, to round off my squad, some veteran leadership. Uh, I know he's going to come up with some great plans. He's probably a big dude. And uh, all I got to worry about is this hypoglycemia. It's Paul Blart behind the dish. Uh, Safety never takes a holiday. I know he's going to be protecting that plate with his life. And, uh, yeah, Kevin James' Paul Blart will be finishing out my squad. I love the quote. Love the quote. Roar, oh my God. <laughs> I feel like Roar prepared this whole draft around that one pick. It would have been my top pick if I uh, was worried about him getting taken. <laughs> I can't believe there's so many that were, were as taken. I can't believe I haven't even thought of. Um, for my final pick, I'm going to take some brawn here over at third base, and I'm going to go Bane. I mean, he's just going to be pure power and muscle and the ball out over the fence. And I feel like he's going to be a high strikeout guy, but definitely going to get me some homers. Yeah, Bane definitely is going to hit the ball a long way. And now, to me, I have my last pick, and it's going to be a third baseman as well, just like you, Matt. Only position I have left. And I'm going to fudge the rules a little bit because technically it's not a movie. It's from a comedy bit. But I'm taking I don't know at third base. I think that he's the greatest third baseman of all time, the most well-known for sure. You know, who's on first? I don't know, third base. And I'm not totally sure how well he'll play, but I know that the iconic nature of, and 
what comes along with that name is really going to help my team propel the victory. And now I'll ask you two if you guys want to do it, but do you want to do a managerial pick here to finish off the draft? I see Roy Don has said yes. I feel like you came prepared for this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go because technically it would be my pick as, for my manager. And I'm going to the karate kid and I'm taking Mr. Miyagi as my manager for my squad. He's extremely smart. He keeps it simple. And I think that practice would be very well run. So I think Mr. Miyagi is going to be my manager. Now, Roar, I know I'm going to take a Philly guy. Might be taking your pick right here. But I feel like he's going to provide some valuable training to the team. And I'm taking Rocky Balbo as my manager. How about it? Uh, not my not my thing. I didn't have to think too, think too hard about mine. Uh, and that's because uh, you guys are currently talking to him, the 1-0 downtown baseball champion. Brick by brick. Uh, I'm going to take myself. Uh, I don't know if there anyone else has put together a championship team in under 10 minutes with no preparation, but uh, I did it. And uh, I am going to take myself there. If there is anyone could coach my team better than me would probably be me. <laughs> I, I really could not agree more with you, Roar. That is a fantastic pick. So moving right into our next episode. We all know why we brought you on here, and that is to be our Phillies expert. So, Roar, I know you probably have some strong opinions about this, so I'll let you start off talking about who is your number one person on your Mount Rushmore. All right, well, I'm sure this guy's all on – has to be on yours, I'd hope. Uh, but number one in any Phillies Mount Rushmore, probably in any Philadelphia athlete, uh, Mount Rushmore. It's got to be Mike Schmidt, uh, one of the greatest Philadelphia athletes of all time. He is the greatest third baseman of all time. 500-plus uh, home runs, uh, absolute stud of a man over that third base. He does not have as many gold gloves as, uh, say, a Brooks Robinson, but uh, that's Charles Steinberg. Steinberg's uh, always – he always says that. But uh, great hitter nonetheless, and he's, he's got to be in there. Uh, Phillies, 1980. Uh, even through all those years would not have been anything without Mike Schmidt. Yeah, for sure. He was definitely on mine. Uh, All-time leader in war leads most of the team stats, three-time MVP, World Series MVP, just all-time Philly legend. Uh, Ezra? Yeah, I'm not going to say too much about this. Mike Schmidt is obviously got to be a, the, the first name that you mentioned when talking about a Phillies Rushmore. So, Roar, who's your, ne who's your next pick? Uh, my next pick is going to be one of the greatest free agent signings uh, in the history of Major League Baseball and is going to be lefty Steve Carlton, uh, greatest pitcher in Philadelphia sports history, uh, multiple Cy Young award winner, all-star game, uh, no question about it. Cy, uh, Steve Carlton also has to be in everyone's uh, Phillies Mount Rushmore. You said it. I, he's there for me also. The four Cy Youngs and the Triple Crown is really what put it over the edge. Like there even was an edge. He was already on there when we decided we were doing Phillies now. Next is the third guy, Roar, who you got. And now this is where uh, I think I might differ from you guys if you don't know too much about the Phillies, but it is going to be uh, Robin Roberts, a uh, longtime Philly. Um, Spent 19 years in the league, uh, 
If you don't, if you don't know him, he has six years of plus 20 wins, uh, 20 win baseball all-star during all seven years, uh, current all in a row. Uh, he had 19 wins in the game, in the, uh, season that he broke that streak. So, uh, all-time Philly guy, Robin Roberts, we, uh, He's on the Phillies wall of fame and uh, they dedicated um, the season when he died to him. So uh, gotta be there as well. Yeah. He was on mine as well. Like you said, long time Philly hall of famer Six, uh, led the league in game started six times and complete games multiple times as well. So definitely one of those guys that was out there finishing the game for you and just all around great player. Yep, definitely on mine. Uh, actually, one of his old baseball cards is on a poster on my wall in my room back home. So when I knew we were doing Phillies, it was easy to put him up on the Rushmore. Now, your last pick, who is it, Roar? I'll also comment on Robin Roberts. 33 complete games in one season. You don't see that anymore uh, in our baseball, uh, current baseball playing field. So. Uh, very interesting. I mean, you're lucky to get maybe one uh, season, but I mean, obviously a lot more people get like maybe under 10, uh, but definitely super big. And then this one is going to be controversial. Uh, it's going to be my guy, Richie Ashburn, uh, for a number of reasons. Obviously, he's a career 308 hitter, uh, not a big power guy. Only had 29 career home runs, but career 308 hitter, uh, absolute dominant baseball player. And he was with the Phillies for so long being a player, but he was also a manager. Uh, he was around the Phillies for like 30 plus years. Uh, not a manager, broadcaster, my bad. Uh, so I don't know if you guys would have him on there, but for sure, Ashburn Alley down at Citizens Bank Park. I got a uh, flick in, with me in front of uh, Richie Ashburn. I'm going to go Richie Ashburn in the center field there. So Ashburn was my fourth player, Hall of Famer, two batting titles, spent 12 years in Philly. And like you said, just his ability to put bat on ball and have it hit grass was unreal yeah and richie ashburn was definitely in consideration for me but he's not the last name on my rushmore and considering both of you have told us everything about your rushmores besides the honorable mentions i'm just going to go ahead and tell you that my last name on the rushmore is not in fact a player it is not a broadcaster it is not a manager either it is not the stadium. It is nothing. It is the most iconic mascot in the history of sports. It's the Philly fanatic. I couldn't leave him off. I was looking at the baseball references today. I was sitting down here with Matt, and I was about to put him as my honorable mention, but I couldn't. The Philly fanatic has got to be on the Rushmore for me, and that's why he is on the Rushmore for me. What a great pick. I mean, uh, yeah the greatest mascot in all of sports uh, still always. We also got back uh, this season to be getting back our old uh, form of him. For some reason, there was a, a legal issues with our uh, mascot thing where we had to go for a different uh, look on the Philly fanatic, but now we got our original form back. We won the case. So yeah, Philly fanatic legendary. And uh, that's a great pick for your final one. Uh, my honorable mention who probably is very uh, – he could easily be on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, Philly's all-time hit leader, Jimmy Rollins. Um, talk about a guy who just came up through the system. Uh, Going to be a future Hall of Famer. Got 9% of the votes this year. But Jay Rawl is uh, the prototype shortstop. Probably – I think he is the last shortstop to win MVP. 
he had a 2020-20 season uh, in 2007. Um, that's with 20 triples, 20-plus uh, stolen bases, 20 home runs. Uh, you don't see that nowadays. So uh, definitely going to be Jimmy Rollins. Could you guys name another shortstop that won MVP since? I don't think there is one. I if think, I, yeah, off I was, the top of my head, no. Not that I can remember. But, Roar, we have the same exact Mount Rushmore. Jay Rawls, also my honorable mention. He was one of my favorite players growing up, so I had to put him on, even though, like, you could argue Chase Utley or Ryan Howard was better. But I like a complete player myself, and Jay Rawls, exactly that. Now, Matt, you mentioned Chase Utley because that will be my honorable mention. Obviously, I wanted to give a good shout-out to the 2008 World Series squad. I wasn't sure who to do. And I, when you look at the numbers for in Philly's history, Chase Utley is fourth all-time in war. He's up there in almost every hitting category. He had six all-stars, all with the Phillies, four silver sluggers, all with the Phillies in his career. He was in the top 10 for MVP voting for most of his prime. Made it real easy for me to have him as my honorable mention. It was between him and the Fanatic, and I had to put the Fanatic on the Rushmore. So Utley's my honorable mention. A great pick. Uh, a lot of people don't uh, recognize that Phillies would have had three back to back to back MVPs had Utley not gotten injured in the middle of that 2008 season. Uh, it would have been Jay Rawl, then Ryan Howard, then Chase Utley. But uh, great pick as well. Our uh, easily best uh, second baseman in Phillies history. For sure. And now, Roar, I know that you're not going to hop in on this next part, uh, but the next Rushmore we have is the Houston Astros. Now, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the Astros' history, but we're going to start off real quick with the obvious one and Jeff Bagwell. I mean, again, a Hall of Famer, MVP, Rookie of the Year, All-Stars, Silver Sluggers, Player of the Years, even a gold glove to his name his entire 15-year career with the with the Strohs, so easily up there on the Rushmore. Yeah, fellow Mass boy. I know Rory will appreciate that, too. Uh, like you said, Hall of Famer, MVP, Rookie of the Year, uh, but easily the best player in Astros history. And then the second name, I'm sure that me and you, Matt, are going to have the same one in Craig Biggio, father of Cavan, the current star of the – Blue Jays team, but I mean, Craig, again, a Hall of Famer, seven All-Stars, four Gold Gloves, five Silver Sluggers, a career 281 average with 291 home runs, over 3K hits, over 1,100 RBIs, 400 plus stolen bases, a career OPS of nearly 800, a retired number in the Astros home stadium. It was easy to put him on there. Yeah, first round pick by the Astros, went up through the system and spent all 20 years there in Houston, so... Uh, had to have him on there for me. And then moving in to number three is again, an infielder. And as much as I hate to say it, it, it does have to be Jose Altuve. I mean, an MVP with the Astros, seven all-stars, an ALCS MVP, three batting titles in his career, five silver sluggers, the world series under his belt, even though that is, you know, controversial at, at the least a gold glove player of the year twice. I mean, he had consecutive season, four consecutive seasons of 200 plus hits once with 225. I mean, as much as a lot of people hate him right now because of all of the World Series controversy, he's got to be on the rush more without question. Yeah, he was on my Mount Rushmore too. He almost won back-to-back MVPs, which is quite impressive. Um, the three batting titles is also quite insane. 
he had 56 stolen bases in one year and he was just like I said I love all around players and complete players so he had to be on my Mount Rushmore now with the fourth guy I actually went with a guy with one of the greatest nicknames I think there's two of them and it's Big Puma or you could also call him Fat Elvis and that's Lance Berkman he played 15 years in the league, 12 of which with the Astros. All of his all-star appearances, all six, all but one of them, five of the six, were with the Astros. He's one of the guys that I think about first when I think of the Astros because when I, when I started really getting into baseball around like 2007, 2008, he was the centerpiece of that team with 30-plus bombs, 30-plus uh, doubles most of those seasons, and it was just one of the guys that really stuck with me and he was fantastic with the Astros. So it was easy for me to throw him on top the Rushmore as well. Berkman was all uh, actually my honorable mention um, with this being the arm barn podcast, the fourth guy on my Rushmore had to be a pitcher and it's Roy Oswell. I mean, he won, he had the ERA title. He had an NLCS MVP and he was part of those few decent Astros teams in the, mid 2000s he almost won multiple Cy Youngs he was in the MVP voting a few years um just one of the greatest pitchers in Astros history and spent a decent time there as well so definitely had to throw in there on mine yeah Roy Oswalt actually my honorable mention so we had pretty similar ones here obviously I was looking through the baseball reference and I knew that Roy was going to be on the episodes I had to include the one of the pieces of that supposedly going to be great Phillies rotation of that 2010-11 season. And it made it even easier, even though it was already easy, to throw Oswalt onto the Rushmore as my honorable mention. Because as you said, it's hard to dispute the numbers. He was even Cy Young fifth. He came fifth in Cy Young voting in his rookie year. He was getting votes all throughout his time with Houston. So naturally, he had to be there. And with that, we are going to conclude this episode. We just came here straight from practice. So I know the three of us are exhausted. I want everybody at home, you know, stay safe and just follow us on all the socials, Arm Barn Pod, Instagram, even TikTok now, Twitter, hit it up. And thank you all so much for listening. Yeah. And once again, shout out. Thank you, Roy, for coming on. I know it's been a busy week of practice starting up. And so... Thank you once again for coming on, bringing your Phillies expertise. Thank you. I'm glad to bring it. And yeah, a little exhausting. Me and Lou were talking about, I'm kind of already burnt out. Uh, don't, don't remember this much practice, but I guess, I guess that's what COVID does to you. But yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you for being here. And once again, guys, stay safe and we'll see you next week.